If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Grab your popcorn and sit back. <laughs> Jump the gun. Oh, no, give me more than that. Okay, go this way. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> we are Happy Action Monday to everyone in the sports universe. It is, oh, good Lord, I forgot the date on there. Anyways, it's October the 3rd, 2022. <laughs> Happy October, everybody. Holy, did you know it was October, Sam? Because I, I apparently did not. But on this My kids were right me. Right. And so did Green Day, by the way. And I, I don't care what, what Twitter tells me about his, about someone passing. It's still a great song, and I can make the wait me out with some Tamarins joke. But this, this this is the AM Drive on our Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook for Sammy Action, who's got a thumbs up every day, double thumbs up. Woo! I am Michael Carbell. Sammy, how was your football weekend, dude? It was awesome, man. We had a couple friends over. We uh, we spent the day watching uh, watching every single game and uh, questioning every coach's decision, just the way Sammy <laughs> needs to be. You know, I'll admit, Sammy, I know we're going to get to a couple of those, but I have to admit to you, when, when you first started telling me about the coaching things, I'm like, okay. Yeah, this week was just – even I, as soon as I saw the hardball going for a touchdown on fourth and goal, when you guys are leading, it's been like a bloodbath. That was very peculiar. Just, I, that's all. It was very weird. Like It's 20 to 20. It's not like the game's like 35 to 28 you can't stop them. It was 20 to 20, man. I, I say this all the time. I cannot oh. play a single, a single position in the NFL – I could not devise a defensive scheme to stop any single player in the NFL. I could not put together a playbook to score a touchdown in the NFL. But right. God knows I could be a better game manager when it comes to clock management and game situations than a lot of these fools simply because I played John Madden football my whole life. Because these guys, man, if it's if it's plain to me, and I'm just a casual fan who watches the game, how is it not plain to an NFL coach getting paid millions of dollars? It's, just, it's incredible to me they get this stuff wrong every single week. It's also incredible, Sammy, that they – it's like they put together the perfect game plan until it's not perfect. Like, you have – like, those situations matter in football. I, I believe, like, the record through four weeks – like, I, I believe we had a record of one-score games through three weeks. We had a record through four weeks. Like, this stuff matters right now. Like, these For games sure. are close. What's worse is these coaches and, and the players who then subsequently make the same mistakes don't get held accountable, right? Like the media like questions and they have to answer questions for a day or two and then they're on to the next yeah. game. And then it's like, you know, John Harbaugh gets asked, you know, why did you do that? And he's like, well, I wanted to go for the touchdown. And then we move <laughs> on. Like, no, you idiot. You lost your team a chance to win a game because here's the thing. Kicking the field goal in that spot may not win you the game. Buffalo may come down and score a touchdown. But now it forces them to score a touchdown for you to lose the game. If they kick a field goal, it's still a tie game. And that's a huge difference. Like, And we're going to get to in segment two on how frustrated uh, those guys were. Because Marcus Peters, I can't – because at first on the sideline, I saw Harbaugh like kind of cussing someone. I'm like, wait, that was weird. And I saw Peters being restrained. I was like, oh, yeah, that was Peters. Yeah, I, I mean, if that's what Marcus Peters is saying, I 100% agree. It made, it made zero I'm sure sense. that was what – 
Um, you want to know about our website? Um, our sponsors, shop, socials, and YouTube are all right there. Visit our website, MikeAndAaronDrive.com today. Hey, I have a new announcement for the show that I think is going to be pretty cool for the people to actually watch and listen. Every sun, every Monday for the NF, for the re- remainder of the NFL season, the quarterback's number who wins the game, that number will be a discount on the show, on the shop. So thankfully, Mahomes did win, so we got 15 instead of 12% off. So if you use the code in all caps on our shop, Mahomes, you're 15% off your order. Nice. Hopefully Jalen Hurts is on the show every once in a while. (laughs) Right. And it expires every um, Saturday, so make sure you get it between Monday and Friday. And get yourself. We also I also had phone cases this morning. Mm. Like they were like some sweet AM drive iPhone and Samsung cases out there. So and they're only like sixteen bucks a piece. So it's nice. pretty. It's nice. Um, I love spring, and I think that's a great thing for us. So I'm, code Mahomes this week for fifteen percent off, especially if you're listening or watching live or this week. Use that code if you ever want to buy a shirt or anything. Great deal for you. Waste just money, but we don't care. We're not making money anyways. <laughs> That's <Okay>. true. <laughs> hey, I do it for fun. Sunday night football. Wow. Um, To say Mahomes, and I love that Chris Collinsworth mentioned this on the broadcast, to say he was pissed about the Super Bowl was an understatement. Because they just, like, even when they were up like, I think it was a 17 late in the fourth quarter, he still took a shot to Juju. Oh, B, the shot was intercepted. It was like they, they wanted to kill them. And that's and that Buccaneers defense might be with the Cowboys is the by far the best in the league right now. With the Eagles, too, obviously. Dude, it didn't matter. I mean, Mahomes is out to prove a point. A guy who didn't even have to prove a point. He's got like three five thousand yard seasons almost. And it's still oh, I'm still the I'm still that guy, Tom Brady. This was great. This was insane to me. Yeah, I, coming into the season, I was concerned Mahomes was not going to be quite as good without Tyreek Hill, and their offense wasn't going to click. Man, this team is good. Their defense is good. Like, yes, their 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 offense is clicking. That Mahomes is special. I, I've I've changed my opinion. I think that they are equally, if not more, dangerous than they were last year. And God, they looked good last night. It was hard to it was hard to imagine them putting up forty on the road in Tampa. But wow, what a what a performance! Anybody who had the over of 70, I think I think you need to go talk to Christ and apologize for lying. Because I don't think any I am my wildest like, there's one of these prop bets on, on Bet US where like you can guess that there's the score between what it will be. I'm pretty sure 70 is like the they score 60 or more. <laughs> like mm-hmm. no one would have bet that last night. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I was shocked to say that uh, Seattle was the highest scoring team in the NFL all day yesterday, and then it looked really close. Like it really looked like Kansas City was going to overtake him and put up forty eight. I mean, what a, what a crazy offensive explosion! And the thing is that people don't realize is, yeah, the Buccaneers' offense struggles, but this defense, like I said, people like to make fun of like the Super Bowl, and I'm like, I always say the offensive line for the Chiefs was horrible this year. They're getting Clyde Edwards-Olaire some running lanes. And I'll say it again. Steve Spagnuolo is a gem of a defensive coordinator. Every year, even if they are giving up points, by the end of the year in the postseason, Chiefs have a good enough defense to win the game. And this year they're starting with a decent defense, and that's scary for the future. 
They, they do. I mean, to be fair, I mean, Brady and the Bucks lit them up pretty good last night, too. Right. I mean, game script, game script being what it was. Uh, and the Bucks offense isn't bad. The Bucks offense has not been complete. Like, they were missing Mike Evans. They were right. missing They've been missing a lot of their key weapons every single week. This is the first week where they were all back together, and they looked really good as well. I mean, you start off the game by fumbling the kickoff, and you're down 7 nothing, and, and the game script automatically flips to you have to play with a little bit more desperation, and that's what it seemed like. And they could never get back at, into the game, right? Every time they would score, Kansas City would come right back down and score and keep a you know two-possession lead. So uh, it was an entertaining game for sure. Uh, given a rematch between these two, I could see it being a much lower scoring game with their defenses playing better if it's not, you know, so so uh, frantic to start, right? Not an easy touchdown to start the game. I'll say this as well. I feel like the Chiefs, like, offensively, it wasn't like they were doing it like – I don't feel like – like, even if 85 Bears were there, I thought Mahomes would still beat that team last night. Because it's like you're looking at this team like – Buccaneers are chasing Mahomes around. Even like the one throw where he just went absolute. I've never – I've seen sidearms from him. I've seen left-hand completions. I've seen the, the new shovel pass. He is the Steph Curry of the NFL. I've never seen a guy just like – just throw – hey, here. After scrambling around, I've never seen a guy just like this. And it then he goes perfectly into the guy's hands. It was the football version of the alley-oop. I mean, it was incredible. I've never seen that throw. Like, I've seen like, you know, desperation. He's But you plan in your mind – and for your receiver to know, I mean, he doesn't know it's coming. But for you to play in your mind, okay, this is the only way I can get this through here, is just bananas to me. Like, you don't teach that stuff. Yeah, I mean, his intangibles, his is on the, you know, on the cuff, like doing things, you know, impromptuly. It, it, it's just, it's just incredible how he just creates opportunities for himself and his team. It's, it's so fun to watch. And as a fan, it's a pure joy. I mean, that stuff he does is, it blows my mind. And um, for the Buccaneers, I don't want to – like you said, they are getting healthy. They are getting some guys back. So let's not give them a crap shoot here. Like they they hung in there. And and they could have died down and lost 50, you know, 52 to, you know, 10. But they kept on fighting. And that's, yeah, a, did, that's a sign of a championship team. They did force a pun finally at the end of the fourth quarter. I give them credit for that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but also, yeah, health is going to be their biggest thing. Aaron called it first. Like their offensive line needed help. And even the guys they have now, if they can just gel together, sometimes like look at the Colts playing Quint, paying Quentin Nelson. It's not about paying a guy; it's about everybody working together. For and sure, and that helps a lot. So, and I want I want to be clear here: the Bucks lose this game, it doesn't stifle their chances of being a Super Bowl contender right. or the best team in the NFC. The NFC is incredibly weak. The top maybe five teams are all in the AFC, and so. Yes. You're going to get value out of the Rams or the Bucks or the Packers who never win the playoff or, you know, <laughs> or, or a few other or, you know, the Eagles. Like one of those teams is going to emerge because there's just nobody in the NFC to stop them. Right. These are all second level teams. And the Bucks are right in that group, regardless of being two and two. They will be, you know, they will be a contender to, to get to the Super Bowl. And as we saw a couple of years ago, it only takes one good game for the NFC to win a Super Bowl game. Right. So. Uh, you know, all the all the AFC bloodbath will have to take care of itself. The NFC will just sit there waiting and then get one play, you know, one team. So uh, the Bucks can still win a Super Bowl. This has no bearing on them on them losing their contendership. If their defense keeps it up and they do get healthy a little bit, they, they're going to be they're going to be impressive. Yeah, yeah, I, I I I firmly, like I said, I firmly believe they will be there in the end, whether it be at Super Bowl or close to it. 
Agreed. All right, let's get to this guy. Um, listen, man, I just want to let you know, I- I'm sorry, but it's happened again. I'm sorry, bro. All right. Um, for those of you that are listening, I was talking about Mitchell Trubisky on Chicago Bears jersey, and la- <clears throat> Steelers fans have been wanting to cut this man's head off ever since he got onto the team. Okay. Because as soon as they saw Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, whoa, they just they wanted that guy. They did not care what play Trubisky made. And I did a whole two series, two weeks of tweets on that thing, showing people he wasn't bad. But he, yeah, could he have been better? Obviously, but it's not like he was losing the team the game. Like they, they were, there were games like like Deontay Johnson would drop a bucket catch. Like okay, screw Trubisky for now. Okay, the whole team has been pissed. But boy, when Kenny Pickett, that's it. Jets came back from 10 down. And Mike Tomlin, you dang, you better be glad he's got a stoic face because I know he was pissed at himself too. You see the look, his look at the end of that game? That was hysterical in my opinion. But oh, you finally succumbed to the fan pressure and look where it got you, pal. What are your thoughts on the Jets coming back in Zach Wilson's season debut? Well, I mean, they were the Jets were winning when Trubisky was in at the end of the first half. They were winning when Pickett was in at the end of the second half. So, uh, you know, the, the Jets were my pick this week as a as a play plus three and a half. So, I, for me, it was enjoyable to watch for you know regardless. But um, you know, you know, Trubisky didn't play well in the first half, and Kenny Pickett did not play well in the second half. I would actually argue Trubisky played better, uh, ever so slightly. But you know, throwing throwing three second half picks. Uh, when your team's up 10 and then, you know, to be fair, Kenny Pickett did not have a ball hit the ground, right? He threw 10 passes, seven of which were completed to his team and Man, three were completed to the other. So, you know, accuracy, he was pretty good. But uh, all, all kidding aside, he uh, he did not play well. Um, and I don't think he should be the quarterback going forward. I think Trubisky is a little bit better, right? Not a lot better, but a little bit better if you're a Pittsburgh fan. And I'll keep telling Pittsburgh Steelers fans this. It's not in the fact I'm, I'm just rooting for Trubisky and I, I hope Kenny Piss. Um, I'm going to say that. I hope Kenny Pickett like burns in the fire. I do want to say, I don't think either of them is a future. And this notion that Trubisky should lose his job again after you guys signed him for the sake that Pickett might be good because he's a hometown kid is just stupid. But this game, Tomlin literally succumbed to you guys' idiotic, idiotic pressure. Everyone went bananas on Adam Schefter's tweets, and it got you absolutely nothing. It, it gave you a, a step, two steps back for one step forward. There's a lot of issues on this team right now. And to say that a guy who does not have a strong arm, I mean, people are like, I don't know where the notion is that Kenny Pick has a good arm because I don't see it. He's small. And unfortunately, he's not Kyler Murray. He's Kenny Pickett. That matters. Mm. Look, the, the, the Steelers were my under on win total pick at the beginning of the season for good. a reason. Uh, they, they aren't a good team in general. This is a team that's not going to win a championship with either of these guys. You can make the argument if you're not going to win this year, you may as well play the young kid and see what you got. Uh, so I'm not opposed to this idea that he's going to be the starter, but Kenny Pickett didn't even practice with the first team this week. He didn't throw on on Friday. He was ill-prepared to be in this game as a starting quarterback. If you want to do that, just give him all the first-team reps, give him all the practice, and let's see what we have here, right? But throwing him in in the middle of game script, you know, where where your team is losing and expecting him to compete against an NFL, it's just setting him up to fail. And that's what he did is he failed. Uh, And that's not for him to be 
Right, which shows me that the that, that the I love how the entire team like all of a sudden like he got a rushing touchdown. Oh yeah, now we're gonna start playing good for this guy. No, you can't just turn. There's no on and off switch in the NFL. We've I've learned that for 25 years of just being a okay. I'll, I'll say 20 for the sake of argument. I've learned that for 20 years being a fan of sports. There is no on and off switch in pro sports. Okay, even in basketball, you have to have your switch a little bit on. If you're just a sore loser. Then yeah, you're gonna lose games. I'm sorry. I would like to. Uh, I would like to give it up to the Jets though. Twice this year, they've been down, you know, two scores in, in the second half, and have found ways to come back and win. And this is yep. a team that I've been saying will be good, not this year, but maybe next year. And you can kind of see it. You can kind of see, you know, yeah. some of the pieces coming together for them. Uh, they're probably a year or two away from being a playoff team, but this is a good young squad, and I, I enjoy watching them kind of put it together little by little. Those green helmets are also kind of cool the way they reflect. Kind of like the, the Giants blue used to do in the lights of MetLife. I like that, actually. Actually, the, the helmets I liked the most yesterday were the Saints ones over in London. Those were really nice with the, the black ones they were wearing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of black ones this year. I think there's a Texans red coming out as well. There's a lot of good helmets this year. The Bengals whites are pretty cool, too. That was that was that Siberian Tiger was, was kind of sexy, I ain't going to lie. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, let's take a break. When we come back... We're going to talk about, wow, John Harbaugh, are you that stupid? And also, Cowboys or Eagles? We're going to start a firestorm after this. And also, Monday Night Football is on the way as well. We'll be right back. The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, shop the merchandise for $26 hoodies. $16 shirts, even $13 mugs. High quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the Vice Golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a pro plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com. Officially licensed everything. For this licensed hat, this shirt, that jersey, or that jersey... You've got to go to MikeAndAaronDrop.com and do what, Sammy Action? Click the F. It's over there this time. <laughs> oh, that's true. Because I see there I go. First it was the date. Now it's, I'm stupid. 
Thank there you. We go. You were good on the directions <laughs> this time, though. Um, go there and click the F, and when you do that, the entire Fanatics experience is at your disposal. So um, support your favorite players from your favorite leagues and teams and the show by going to MikeAndAndrewDrop.com, clicking the Fanatics logo. And by the way, use the code F-A-L-L. Let's use the code FALL. Today's um, daily deal is 65% off site. Why? That's going to help you guys a little bit, right? Yeah, and it, it represents the fall of Mitch Trubisky. That's a good That's a good. Uh, good segue, Mike. He didn't mean that. Did not mean that. But, hey, um, we are excited to be part, to be affiliate link, link people with – you get it. Okay. <laughs> um, God, day job. What was that? Watching this game mm-hmm. live, I was watching so many games. I'm so glad I tuned into this moment because I felt every bit of that defense's, like, emotions – and that came unraveling on the TV in so many different ways. So the Ravens and the Bills were tied 20-20. This was after a nasty rain-filled muck, muck game where the Bills had come back. Ravens had kicked a couple of field goals, so now it was like 20-20. Well, you know, hindsight and really reality of the time would tell you, hey, kick a field goal with three minutes left. It's like the Bills have 40. They've got 20, John Harbaugh. So why not? No, we're just going to try to do a – a touchdown and that ended miserably. So the Bills go back down the field. And yeah, they, they marched down the field. But my favorite thing about that was when Ravens players finally realized we've got no timeouts left. And they're going to kneel it down until they get a 20 yard chip shot. And then I saw John Harbaugh and Marcus Peters on the sideline. First Harbaugh, like, said some cuss words. I was like, whoa, what was that? And I was like, oh, Marcus Peters is pissed. And that has to be who he was talking to. And I don't even have to look that up. But seeing those players like visibly, like, are you kidding me right now? That's a problem in Baltimore. Because they that game was so important to them to punch them in the mouth. And they did so for three quarters and fifty minutes and 14 minutes. But boy, was that terrible at the end, dude. It is. And, and we touched upon it in the first segment, but you know, it's one thing to take shots to try to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. But even if they score that touchdown, that's not a guarantee win for them. And mm-hmm. to, to take that shot in that situation, you know, tie game, four minutes to play. If you would have told Harbaugh that he could take the lead with four minutes left to go in the game, you know, before the game started, he would take that, right? Like, regardless if it's one point, seven points, whatever. He said, hey, if I gave you an opportunity to take the lead with four minutes Over left the to bills. go in the game. Would you take it against the Bills, home against the Bills? Emphatically, every single coach in the NFL would say, of course. Why would I not want to take the lead? <laughs> Stupid idiot. What kind of question is that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yet somehow this coach and, – and it's apparent to me that these coaches outthink themselves, right? Because it's just the, the simplest play. Uh, and I, it had me yelling at my TV. And I'll give you another one. You know, uh, Sirianni, up eight, two minutes to go in the game. It's, it, you know, they're up a score. They have the ball fourth and whatever on the Jacksonville 20, and they also go for it. That was dumb. Kicking a field goal puts you up two scores with less than two minutes to play. Of course you kick the field goal. Like it, 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 You're it, already it, up eight at the same time. It's like, what are you doing? Right, and of course they don't get it. So Jacksonville gets the ball down now, you know, two minutes to play with no timeouts, down one score instead of getting the ball back, down two scores. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And as a casual fan, we all can see it. I don't understand why coaches don't understand the basics, like the, the easiest stuff. It, it, it's so infuriating. One of the things about that game is that 
next year you're going to be better be eternally grateful that was also a rain fest. Because Lawrence would would not be like, oh, he's the first quarterback since in this century to lose. Well, the first player to lose four fumbles in a game, in the torrential downpour. That situation could have backfired. Because reminder, they were up fourteen nothing. Those Jaguars were, mm-hmm. and I and I I picked the um Jaguars to actually win that game. Um, I should have looked at weather this week. Weather is one of the most underrated parts of, of the season. And it almost makes me wonder, should we go all indoors? Although it kind of takes away the fun of some things. But, man, he better be glad it was raining because Lawrence does not turn that ball over four times, and they might lose that game because of that decision. Yeah, the weather definitely played a part in that game. You know, the, the rain generally favors the better running team, and there's no question the Eagles are a better running team. Uh, but Jacksonville played well. Jacksonville's played well all season long. Uh I I hate I hate the fact that coaching decisions though take away from the Eagles when the Eagles were a good team in this game they played very well uh, but it's completely overshadowed by what I feel like is just egregiously bad coaching I, I just can't get past it and the, and also another thing I will say about that um about egregiously bad it really cost people jobs like, ask this guy how he feels about something like a missed field goal like maybe he can live with that although you know again. I'm just, Cody, I'm sorry, bro. I want to kill him too. But it's like when you literally, when your coach literally does something to ruin the game, that makes the even the missed field goals just like so much easier to deal with because their coaches are being complete doofus. But it doesn't cost coaches games, it costs players games, which is the craziest part. The coaches don't ever have to really answer questions about it. And the, you know, the media asks them for a week. Until the credit. next cool. Right, right, right. So they asked John Harbaugh today, you know, Monday morning quarterback stuff, right? They'll ask him maybe tomorrow. And then come Wednesday, we're already back on the game plan for next Sunday. And we've totally moved on and forgotten it, right? And proof of that is what about all the bad calls that happened in week two that we still haven't held them to the fire for, right? There, there was yep. plenty of bad calls that happened. You know, Andy Reid lost his team the game against the Colts, right? His, his bad playmaking decisions lost his team. We haven't talked about it at all, and nobody's talking about Andy Reid. All we're talking about now is how they just beat up on Tampa Bay. And so I'm not saying – And Titans, by the way, you saw the end of the first half of the Titans game in the Colts? Yeah. When Traylon Burks – like, oh, I know you're a rookie. You catch it at the sideline and then jump back in, and they don't even get a field goal off because you're stupid. Coaches didn't tell you to go out of bounds. What are we doing here? I was like, well, if they made that field goal, that would ruin all momentum, and coach would have been blown out. <laughs> I mean, when a player when a player makes a mistake, it's it's partially the coach's fault, but it's also the player's fault. I'm right. talking about literal, like you know, when to use your timeouts and how to use, you know, how to use your play calling and things like that. The coaches are are on the hook for that stuff, and you know, like I said, we just forget about it. We they they don't answer questions about it, and we just move on. Get best case in point is Andy Reid last week, who cost his team a game. And we never even brought up on this show. And, you know, we moved on. And, and now they beat the Bucks, and nobody cares. You know, nobody remembers what happened in week three, you know. And I do apologize for that, for not bringing that up on the show. <laughs> I was just so happy that we won that game. Like, I can't say anything else. Um, Next up, so Eagles, like you said, did beat the Jaguars. Cowboys beat the Commanders. And I know the Eagles are 4-0. But taking the standings aside, I'm – Sammy, I really believe the Cowboys are are a better team because I feel like it. it it's not that Cowboys, Cooper Rush, or Dak Prescott. I don't care which one of them plays. I believe their quarterbacks are smart enough because 
listen, Eagles have played some quarterbacks that like have, have thrown them like presents all, all year long. Like Kirk Cousins force fitting Justin Jefferson was just foolish. Trevor Lawrence gave him like like six turnovers of his own. That's not gonna happen every game. And this Cooper Rush kid is smart. And that Dak Prescott guy, not bad either. And I don't think I'll ever see Dak. Like Tony Romo was known for throwing dumb interceptions. Dak does not do that. So I feel like the Cowboys defense is actually better. And I could look stupid when they play each other in a few weeks or whatever, wherever it is. But I I think the Cowboys are better, man. Uh, it's an interesting argument because I think head-to-head, I right. tend to agree with your side. I think the Cowboys match up really well with the Eagles specifically. Right. However, against the rest of the league, I think the Eagles, uh, the Eagles are better, right? So the Eagles match up against the rest of the league very uniquely with their run style and their, their quarterback right. play and their speed. Few teams are, are equipped properly to deal with what the Eagles bring to the table. The Cowboys, I actually think, are equipped properly on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe the Bucks are too. But the right. Eagles bring a lot of matchup problems to a lot of teams. And so I think at the end of the season, even if the Cowboys were to sweep the Eagles, which is possible, I actually think the Eagles still might end up with a better record because they're just a really tough matchup for the rest of the league. Um, so I, I don't know that this debate would even get settled in that capacity, but I would take the Eagles to win the division if you ask me, you know, which team will have the better record. I think the Eagles are just a tough matchup for a lot of teams. That's a good point because on Cowboys defensive line, Micah Parsons, I don't think – like you can run away from him all you want to. But I feel like the Eagles would have to attack him a few times. And that's a versatile dude, man. And not just him, but there's guys on that defense. And Jalen Hurts, not the best passer. Like he's like – yeah, people like to say he's great, but like he's like Lamar Jackson. Like he's gonna have to pass the ball sometimes. And those Cowboys defenders, like Trevon Diggs, is like a Darius Slay. Like he'll he'll jump those lanes. So that could yeah, be an be, interesting game. To beat the Eagles, you need to have you know two very good pass catchers, right? Because their secondary will shut down one. Seems. And you need to have very, very fat. Yeah, but you need two, right? And right. so the the Cowboys will have Michael Gallup or they'll have Dalton Schultz. So it's a secondary player who's going to do very well. You know, I don't think CeeDee Lamb has good games against Eagles, especially again when they match up against him. But, uh, you know, they have other pass catchers that are very good. Uh, you also – you don't need to have a good running attack, and the, the Cowboys don't, right? But the Eagles don't, don't really care if you run the ball on them. So the Cowboys will get their three and a half yards of carry, no problem. <laughs> um, but on the other side of the ball, you need to have two very fast corners to deal with the, the Eagles' speed and very versatile linebackers to deal with Jalen Hurts' speed. And the Cowboys have that defense perfect against the Eagles. So that matchup is really, really strong for the Cowboys. Most defenses don't have that. And that's that's what makes the Eagles such a bad matchup, right? Because if they double cover Devontae Smith, then they go to A.J. Brown. If they double cover both of them, then Jalen Hurts just sh- uh, shreds them in the middle of the field with his legs right. and, and, and over the middle. So – it's a very, very difficult matchup for most most people who can't play one-on-one on the outside. Uh, I do think that the Cowboys have some holes, but not glaring holes the Eagles can take advantage of. But the Eagles have no holes, really. And, and against the rest of the league, they're just going to they're just gonna kill people. I mean, that's what they've been doing all year. Right. A.J. Brown has been a great addition. He's being targeted like 10 times a game. Yeah, and it's it, of course, because if, they, if they're double-covering Devontae Smith, then – AJ Brown's one on one all day long, and, and and sometimes it's the other way too. Like Devontae Smith had ten catches, I think, in week three, because they 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 shaded over onto AJ Brown's side. So I mean, it's really really tough for teams to to cover both of them. Fair enough. Let's get to the Rams and the 49ers tonight on Monday Night Football. 
The 49ers are one-point favorites, which <laughs> um, totals at 42.5. Sammy, I'll be honest. Rams at plus 105 is like literally stealing from like from the FBI to me. Like, I don't know what Vegas is, is thinking. Like, you saw with the Buccaneers game. I thought the Chiefs being like one point underdogs or one point favorites was just dumb. Same thing with this game, this 49ers game. 49ers have not looked good with Jimmy Garoppolo back. And like, they haven't looked good all season with Trey Lance or Jimmy G. And I know the Rams always play the Cardinals well, but something about this Rams team and Stafford getting his elbow healthy screams like Rams for this game by three to seven points. I don't see I don't see a scenario where the Rams win this game. Even if Debo you know gets 200 total yards, I don't see a scenario. Uh, I, I'll tell you a scenario. And you know, I'm wearing oh. my Debo jersey today, but um <laughs> uh the Rams have struggled when teams punch them in the mouth. They they are not a tough team. On either side of the ball, despite Aaron Donald being, you know, all, all world beast mode, uh, they, they very much struggle when teams come out and push them around. And the, and the Niners have done that very well over the last couple of years, uh, which is why they swept the Rams last year during the regular season, almost beat them in the playoffs as well, despite being severely under talented versus the Rams. Um, you know, they play a very physical brand of football and the Rams have not dealt well with that and they, they still don't. And so if the Niners can enforce their will and be very physical with the Rams, I can see them pushing them around again. And especially being at home, especially with the Rams, you know, not, not playing well so far this season. Uh, Jimmy doesn't have to do a lot for them to win. He just has to not make the big mistakes. And mm. I, it, to me, it all comes down to that. Do, do, do the Niners put him in situations where he can make big mistakes in key spots or do they punt the ball away, play good defense, and give themselves just very small opportunities to take, you know, short leads or whatever, uh, which can then grow into bigger leads? I, I tend to like the 49ers tonight, honestly, laying the point. Uh, even though I've been I've been a big Rams proponent for the last few years, I've seen them get pushed around this in the situation year after year. So uh it's hard, it's hard for the Rams to win this type of game. Nothing I'll say is that Kyle Shanahan, like every single year that they play, I thought like they play in the playoffs every year. I don't know why. But I feel like Kyle Shanahan always seems to have the number of Sean McVay. I don't know what it is. But I, I've kind of noticed that a, a couple times. But I didn't like Sean McVay. Like it, then the 49ers getting to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G one year, wasn't that like because they beat Sean McVay's Rams? I can't remember, but I feel like, I feel like he does, He plays them pretty well. I mean, they always, the 49ers always, always beat the Packers, that's for sure. But uh... – <laughs> Man, listen here. <laughs> I, I, if you if you the the Rams are perfectly set up to stop a team that can pass the ball that that is their that is their bread and butter right they want to rush four drop seven play good defense and make it very difficult for you to pass the ball the 49ers don't want to pass they want to throw 20 passes a game and so they're yes. not well equipped to stop a run heavy offense and the North, Niners are just going to pound the run with Debo with you know with one of their four backs in the back Jeff Wilson or whoever this week you know this right. week's flavor of the month is that they're just going to pound the ball and they wear down that defensive line. And it makes, it makes life very difficult for the Rams. It does every time they play. Um, and you always think, Oh, the Rams have all this high powered offense, but it doesn't matter. They, they get the ball, you know, they get the ball 20 minutes all, all game because the Niners control the clock. The Rams get pushed around all game. And by the fourth quarter, if the game is close, the Niners are just pounding the run and, and, and winning field goal type matchups. This happens again and again. So I, I, until proven otherwise, I'm going to think the, the Niners win this win this game. 
You make good points, man. You make good points. Um, tomorrow is top five Tuesday. And Simi, I hope you're ready for that because one of those lists, watch well, two of them might be signed about. The first one, the baseball thing is like basically gonna be our World Series favorites. So pick accordingly. And also college football seems to believe Alabama's loss to Texas didn't matter, albeit it was the injured backup quarterback. Apparently, Georgia beating um well, Alabama's barely beating Texas. You get it. Apparently, Georgia beating Missouri wasn't good wasn't good enough to keep them number one. So I'm interested to see if, if we have compromised on that. I'm sure Aaron's gonna love the fact Alabama's number one this week. It just blows my mind. I hate the ranking system in college football. It doesn't even matter. It matters in the last week of the season. For now it's just something for us to argue over. And it's funny that Texas had their limping backup quarterback almost beat that team, but Alabama didn't fall a single spot. But Georgia punches Missouri in the mouth in the second half and, and, and wins the game. But, yeah, no, definitely all about Alabama for sure. It will all fix itself when they play each other. Uh, I do mm. want to give a quick shout-out in the NFL. We had a Scorigami yesterday. If you yes! don't know who Scorigami is, uh, the 100, I think, 73rd unique score in the NFL. 1,073rd, uh, right? 1,073rd, yeah. There, there's a website that follows this, and it's fantastic. I follow their Twitter page where they will track every game and they'll let you know if there's an alert, you know, that there's a possible scoregami. And watching that game last night with the, uh, the yesterday morning with the uh, Lions and Seahawks, it looked like it was going to be a scoregami like the whole second half. Uh, again, if you don't know what a scoregami is, it's a unique score that's never happened in the NFL before and they track the chances of it happening. And uh, every time it happens, I always get super excited. So yeah, we had our, uh, we had a scoregami yesterday. 48-45 was pretty cool. Yep. First time ever in NFL history. The lines of the cardiac cats. <laughs> that was they, such a crazy game. They, are, they played like three of those this year. If you are if you are a fantasy person, I, I'm not a huge fantasy person, but I did draft uh, TJ Hawkinson this year. And oh if you God. have him, you can only understand like how exciting it was to watch him just absolutely tear up the Seattle defense. You know, my eighth round pick as a tight end scored me 40 points. So that's, that's what makes fantasy football so fantastic. I beat the first place team and uh, – yeah, it was, it was pretty fun at my house yesterday watching that game. Good stuff. Remember to use code Mahomes for 15% off your order on our shop. Go to MikeAndGreenDraw.com. Click the Our Shop logo. Expires Saturday the 8th, so get on that before it ends. And I'll see you guys tomorrow, I believe, by myself with Top 5 Tuesday. And Aaron's back on Wednesday, so that'll be fun. Thanks, Sammy, and y'all have a good one. Drive safe. See you soon, buddy.